When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. What's going on, guys? We're back. Guess who's back? Back again. Oh, nobody likes that. Why? I don't know. So I got a quick story for you. So somebody I am friends with that I didn't realize listens to the podcast. Okay. Corners me yesterday and says, hey, question for you. I'm like, okay. I didn't know where this was going. I get get this random thing all the time where people just say, question for you. And then you're like, oh, God, what are they going to ask me? I don't really care. I'm pretty easy. And then so he looks at me and says, where's Charity from? <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, where's Charity from? And so I told him, he's like, huh, is she faking with the R's? Like, I have to ask. And I'm like, no, she's not. This is how she talks. And they're like, nah, this is a lie. Like this, I'm like, no. Sorry, I said, person. <laughs> one up on this about. is Kristen talks the same exact way. So when they get together, that's all I hear. Is R R R R R R R That's 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 what I equate your guys' conversations to. Kind of. Like oh, birds we sound except like it's R. But you guys are both from different locations yes. in Massachusetts, so there's so a, a slight difference. A slight difference, yeah. She grew up basically on the outskirts of Boston, so she has that more hoodie yes. talk to her. You yes. you you have the more Rich Ritzy, R R R R. I'm not Ritz Ritzy. You do. Whatever. Hey, I'm just telling the truth. So, like, so, I, I let everybody know, like, no, that's that's just charity's real talk in a nutshell. Sorry, person who asked the question. Although in the beginning, I, if you go back to the very beginning, she I did tried. a really good job to try to cover. I her, tried her to weirdness. cover it up, and then I just it was too hard. It was like, I mean, you just wait, read wait, 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 wait. That's what she said. Yeah, do guys. Yeah, do. Yeah, we never said it was too hard. I had to. <laughs> so we are prime into our favorite month. 
And I love spooky, weird stuff. Yep. Makes me happy. Me too. I wish it was but, I mean, more... you love it, but you don't want to be directly in it. See, now I'm at that point in my age now. Maybe it's like yearning back to my childhood or whatever. I wish it was okay for adults to trick or treat because I love I love candy. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. Absolutely love it. Sherry, what am I holding up right now again this week? Um, a Reese's Take 5. Yeah. Yep. His new favorite. Charity, how much of this did I share with you or even offer to share with you? Oh, he didn't even ask me, guys. No. He did not even ask me. If, I, I probably would have said no, but he doesn't because I don't really eat candy. But I eat. I mute the microphone. <laughs> oh, he was chomping away while I was te- when, I when I'm trying to tell my stories. Uh, you guys can't hear, but I hear. Maybe they did hear it. No, I don't think so. So I'll even actually do the same thing to Kristen. I'll offer her everything because I love her. But then you'll eat And then it. I look at her and I'm like, I would really like you to say no to this, though. <laughs> you say that like before you yes. offer it. You say, I hope you say no to this. But, but I have to ask you because I love you. Do you want some? But I would really like you to say no. Well, Kristen probably has to hide like certain candies and stuff from you if she wants any. <laughs> she probably like hides them in a secret, lo- an un- an indisclo- undisclosed location. She probably <laughs> in <does>. the home. <laughs> I guarantee you go out to her car and open up the trunk or, and like look where the spare tire goes or something. Or it's probably, probably like candy. in like. Her feminine product box somewhere. Right? Oh, that's a good hide. You <laughs> just gave you away look- her hiding spot. Oh, I hope not. Oh, I hope not. Oh, I'll have that to would ask be a her really later. good one, right? That would be that's a great hiding spot. I'm I'm real smart. Guys, let us know in the Case Watch Crime Creep group, which if you're not a member of, I don't know why. Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast, Twitter, Case Watch Pod. Remember, we need some text and voicemails. 603-212-4600. I want to know where is your best hiding spot. <gasps> yes. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Like if you're trying to hide something, you know, fun stuff. Like can't, not not like. I want to know, so where do you hide the fun stuff from your significant other yeah. so they can't find it? That's like, a great topic yeah, for discussion. Food, like candy, anything that you think that you don't want them to get it before you get it. You know where all the cool candy is? Where? At my other studio. Yeah, you had that stashed everywhere. Oh, it still is. Are you kidding me? So... There's somebody that goes there and he will figure out where it's hidden. And like, I'll walk in and like, he's eating like my candy. I'm like, what are you doing? Well, it's here. I'm like, yeah, it's here for me. You should put like a little container out that says, take, you know, leave, leave a dollar or something for like the candy. Yeah. Then that would be empty too. Oh, that's true. Yeah. No, like a lockbox. You only have the key for it. Yeah. I can figure out something. Funny story. So Kristen was gone all last weekend. She went up to upstate New York, and so me and her kid were here hanging out for one of the days. Nice. And I get ready to go in the kitchen, and I'm like, because I bought a bunch of stuff, and I eat, like, you know, this high-tech food, you know, like chips and dip and cereal and stuff like that. Fancy stuff, guys. Fancy. So let me tell you how my day went. I went out there, and I call him Plain Boy. Because he doesn't like any sort of condiment or anything. He eats everything plain. Like he, he, he doesn't like ketchup. He doesn't like anything. So I go out there and I'm like, I just got myself some of the hell of a good French onion dip for my chips. I was like, yes. So I grab a dip, go into the cupboard. Chips are gone. Oh. I'm like, huh. That was a big bag of chips. I'm like, all right, well, I'll have salsa. So I grab the salsa. The tortilla chips are gone. 
Oh, he just ate them plain. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. So now I'm starving, and I'm like a two-year-old, so I love, like, kid cereal. So I go grab, because this is the time of the year you can get a lot of the marshmallow stuff. So I got some Apple Jacks with marshmallows in them. Apple Jacks. He eats like he's a 12-year-old boy. I do. And he is. He acts like he's a 12-year-old boy, too. So I open it up, and the bag is open. I'm like, this is odd. Then I start looking at it. There are no marshmallows in there. Oh, he took all the marshmallows out. Oh, my God. I love him. So I'm like, huh. So now I have nothing to eat. So now I'm sitting there, and he comes out, and he's like, ugh, Mark. I'm like, what? He's like, there's nothing to eat in this entire house. Teenage boy. And I'm like, yeah, I noticed that, except there's half of everything I want to eat. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't know. Bought chips and dip. Those are gone. He's like, oh. (laughs) Sorry. Like, My bad. Question. What happened to my marshmallows? She's like, oh, those are yours? Dude, really? Nothing, no food is safe in the house with a teenage boy. I'm sorry. It's hilarious. They're starving 24 The door shuts, and then it's constant four letter words coming from that room while he's on whatever oh, he's doing on his little video his game friends, thing. Yeah. And I just stay out here and laugh, and I'm just like, man, I was once that kid. Yes, you were. It's so funny how you can look back at it and be like, did I annoy the S out of my parents oh, as much absolutely. as I do? I was really mean to my mom. I've apologized so many times. I was that, oh, uh, just the thing. Like she would come out and like be all dressed up to go out with some friends, and I and I'd look her up and down and be like, Ugh, "Are you wearing that?" You like that's mean. just mean. I that know. Is mean. I don't did know you why. Apologize to her. Oh, I've apologized over and over. I feel horrible now. I've now informed Aubrey how she's going to have about ten years ahead of her of listening to conversations that she could give two craps about. Oh yeah. And, like, I love you, Aubrey, but I'm going to let you know right now, there's absolutely nothing you said to me from the time you could talk until the time you were, like, eight that I cared about, other than I love you. (laughs) I didn't care what was going on with Bratz. I didn't care (laughs) about anything that was going on on any of your shows. I loved you, and I listened, and the only thing that was rolling around in my head is I can't wait for her to stop talking. Yep. Love you to death. Bye. I love you, kiddo. Oh, man. So that's that's what's going on in my world. What's going on with you? Well, you know, I have this book that was sent to me from Danelle. Oh, yes. You know, Christmas in July. Which is great, by the way. And it's by um, Ty Treadwell and Michelle Vernon. And it's Last Supper's Famous Final Meals from Death Row. But it also has some fun facts in it. So I want to read a few things from here just to kind of see what people... That sounds interesting. Want to eat before they, you know, say peace out to the world. Peace. Peace. All right. Let, let's hear some. All right. So let's see. Um, Barbara Graham. She was executed on 6355 in California by cyanide gas. Uh, she bludgeoned an elderly woman to death during a robbery. Oh. Her last meal was just simply... A hot fudge Sunday. I think that's kind of up your alley, right? Love it. Just, just you know, I just I think I just want a hot fudge Sunday. Why not, right? Uh, Ruth Snyder was you know, executed. I prefer oh. the strawberry Sunday, and I'm very upset at McDonald's to this day for getting rid of it. Because when I was a kid, you oh, get the hot fudge anymore? or the strawberry. No, I haven't had that for years. Oh, honestly, I don't know. 
I don't. I know. I complain about it all the time. Do you tell them that at the window? I do. I also tell them <laughs> I'm that, that guy. guy. <laughs> so I'll also pull up to the drive-thru window. Actually, when I order my food, I'll be like, listen, I will wait however long it takes to get fresh fries. Because if you hand me out fries that are junk, I'm going to open the bag and I'm going to taste them. And if they're gross, I'm going to hand them back to you. And then I'm going to wait. I'm that guy. Although I use mobile ordering now, so it's easier. I just pull up front and pull it to the side. I can't. I'm horrible. So, um, yeah, so Ruth Snyder was killed um, 1-12-28 New York by um, electrocution. Electrocution? Yeah. Electric chair. Easier. Don't there start, we go. Just looking at I, I'm judging her right now with her pronunciation. Sorry. Uh, she murdered her husband. Maybe it was a crime of passion, Mark. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to throw something at Her you. last meal was cream of mushroom soup, Ew. slices of roasted slices of roast chicken, mashed potato, olives, celery, strawberry shortcake, and coffee. Never been a coffee guy. I feel like I would get like the, like, we've talked about this before, the junkiest possible food I could possibly get that I would like never normally eat because it's like you're not going to be judging yourself the next day because you're going to be dead. I, I, we had to have talked yeah. about our next meal I'd be would getting be. like fried this, fried that, whatever. Even I if would, it's something oh. that would upset your stomach, who cares? You're going to the, you're going to die. Dude, that's, that's a great point. Right? I, I didn't even think who of that. Cares? Who cares? You're going to poop your pants anyways as soon as you. Oh, I love it. Right. So who oh cares? Oh my god, that's so funny. So you're lactose intolerant? Who cares? Have I some would ice want cream. a big bucket of Kentucky Fried Crispy Chicken. Oh. Oh, I love that stuff. So But good. you don't like chicken on a bone, I thought. Yeah, I do make that one exception for KFC. I just dig in and just close my eyes and act like a glutton. Only white meat. I hate dark meat, though. I've never... It's so funny. In my house growing up, they would fight over the, the drumsticks and stuff like that. I'm like, yep. dude, keep them away from me. That's gross. I never liked the taste of it, and I've been judged for it my entire life. Oh, here's a weird execution fact from the book. Death row inmates in Texas are issued clean socks and underwear every day, but they only receive a clean shirt and pants every three days. Prisoners beware. It's a punishable offense to be caught with more than one pair of socks. Oh... Dun, dun, dun. What are you in for? I have too many socks. Uh, I have too many socks. I can't. Hey, I want to bring back Case Watch Court. We need some of your cases, guys. Send them to us, and we'll judge on basically yes. who the douchebag is in your relationship. Yeah. Judge Mark will be presiding. Yeah, exactly. Here's another weird fact. When cyanide gas was first introduced... As a method of execution, the original concept was to pump the gas into the condemned man's cell in the middle of the night, killing him in his sleep without any prior notice. That's not cool. He should know when he's going to die. I kind of like this. No, because that's because it's cruel and unusual punishment. No, but. it's not. I think it's I think it's a nicer thing than knowing because you don't have all the anxiety leading up to it. That's yeah, the but worst just part. imagine. What are you doing tomorrow? I think I might play some solitaire. I might do this. I might die. Yeah, but if you die, you just die. Yeah, I get your point, too. Instead of, like, waiting in the little tiny cell, eating your whatever, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's time. Here's the walk of death. And then you go and you sit. You know it's going to happen. I'm sorry, boss. I mean, some people probably poop the pants before they even die because they're out of fear. You definitely it's do be once scary. you die. You That's know? for sure. So I also, on myself, researched just a few little weird final words from Death Row. Oh, I'm interested. Yeah. I'm There's intrigued. a lot of these, but I only did a few. So Thomas Grasso 
was put to death on March 20th, 1995 for murdering two people. Let's just say his last meal was plentiful. Here's a list of what it entailed. Steamed mussels, steamed clams, Burger King, ribs, milkshakes, two of them. Did it bring the boys to the yard? I don't know. <laughs> Strawberries. And lastly, a can of spaghetti and meatballs. I mean, it sounds like someone went- Chef Boyardee? No, 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 no. Just a can of spaghetti and meatballs. Didn't say what brand. But it does sound like someone went out of their way to get everything on the, this man wanted, right? Like this is some kind of interesting stuff. Well, someone must have dropped the ball because his very last words were, <laughs> are you ready? I this am. is amazing. I did not get my SpaghettiOs. I got spaghetti. I want the press to know this. <laughs> oh, I love it. Do you know what I want the press to know? What? Hey, listen to these words from our sponsor. Oh, that was good. We'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. And we're back. That was good, Mark. I stuck that right in there like a sore thumb. <laughs> Georgia Harris was put to death September 13th, 2000 for shooting someone in the face because two of his machine guns went missing. Yeah. Uh, and guys, he was guilty as could be. Lots of evidence. Lots and lots of evidence. His last words were, somebody needs to kill my trial attorney. Attorney, <laughs> and so clearly he felt he was not represented adequately. My last words, Charity, would be, "That's what she said." <laughs> of course, I, that they would, would. That's what it would be. I can picture old Mark, like you're in your late. Mark's gonna stick around. Maybe he might even hit the hundred mark. No, God, uh, I'll be lucky to hit fifty. And he'll just. And I'm almost there. He'll just whisper. That's what she said. He'll he'll call his closest loved ones to his to his. Lips. Come here, let me tell you some tutelage. Yeah. I have important <laughs> life information for you. This is my la- these are my last words. Guys, the most important thing in life that gets you through everything is this. That's what she said. Oh, maybe you won't even say it. You'll still have your button. I'll still have my button. <laughs> Love this thing. Awesome. I have totally stole it. <laughs> oh my god. So oh sorry for the sniffle. What would your last word be? I don't even know. I don't even want to think about that. I guess it depends on the situation. If there was something you need, you felt you were called. No, you to were. Tell your you're on death row. Oh, on death row. Okay. Uh, Mine would be. Look at the church. Look at the steeple. Open it up. <laughs> look at the people. Do you remember that from grade yes. school? I want to know what all of your creeps' last words would be at your execution. This is stuff I love to oh know. I love, and this group does not let me down. I love it. I, I'll actually be sitting on the couch, and 
I will see something on Facebook. I'm like, oh, I got to share this to the group. And then I'm like, look down. I was like, oh, it's from the group. <laughs> I'm like, of course it is. Maybe I would just say, peace, I'm out. Peace, I'm out. I got the last word in finally. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. It would be, I get the last word, Mark. Bye. <laughs> and then I would re-record and go, see ya. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Ghost charity would be all over your shit. Oh, Oh, we're going to leave that in there. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, guys. Sometimes they slip. That's what she said. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wesley Allen Dodd was put to death on January 5th, 1993 in Washington. He was actually the first man to be hung to death in the U.S. since 1965. He molested and killed two children. He should have been. Here is his last words, or here are his last words. I was once asked by somebody, I don't remember who, if there was any way sex offenders could be stopped. I said, no, I was wrong. Wow. So he he, he basically said the only way to stop a sex offender, in in his opinion, was to to be killed. That that was kind of profound. I know what he said. That is pretty profound. So here's the little, a little last one, just a little little nugget for you guys. Little dingleberry? Yep. George Appel. A-P-P-E-L, was killed by the electric chair in New York in 1928. He was convicted of murdering a police officer. Apparently, Mark, he was known for his sense of humor. His last words were, well, gentlemen, you're about to see a baked apple. Ew. (laughs) I like that, though. (laughs) Baked appel, aisle one. Oh, my God. On aisle one. That's amazing. All right, guys, don't let us down. Fill that group up with your last meals and your last uh, sentiments for the world. Yes, please. Make it as profound or funny as you wish, because this is the stuff that makes me happy. Absolutely. Because I sit over on the couch on my phone, and Kristen will look at me like, what are you doing? You're just laughing. I'm like, I'm just reading stuff from my peeps. This makes my day. From my peeps. My peeps. Um. So, Mark. So. We got to talk about charity. Herb. Yeah, I, we got to talk about her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna refresh everybody a little bit first. <laughs> I want to talk about me. Want to talk about I? Want to talk about number one? Oh my, me, my. What I think? Oh what I like? What I know? What I want? God. What I see? Uh, I guess we got to talk about Herb instead. Yeah, guys, it's gonna get. I'll be here all. Real I'll long. be here all week, guys. Don't worry. Yeah. So last episode we talked about good old Herb, a very odd dude to say the least. He came from a good home but started acting strange around school age. He was obsessed with death, loved playing with dead animals. He even peed on a teacher's Meow. desk. <laughs> he was the weird kid for sure. And frankly, the other kids were afraid of him. He was a loner. His family eventually had no choice but to get him evaluated by a professional. He was diagnosed with schizophrenia and multiple personality disorder. His parents didn't have him treated because back then he would have most likely been institutionalized and undergone shock therapy. He was able to graduate high school. His grades were okay, but he was still a loner because of his behaviors. He tried college but couldn't fit in for all of the same reasons. He did meet his wife, Julie, at the time, though. The two married and had three beautiful children. And Herb tried a more than tried at more than one job trying for acceptance. He was even at the BMV for almost 10 years. And finally recognized and given a promotion just to be fired for peeing on a letter. He got a job at a thrift shop and fell in love with the industry. He and Julie eventually opened their own thrift store called Save-A-Lot, and it thrived 
allowing them to open a second location and move to a well-to-do area and buy a huge home. Everything seemed great. Herb stood out in the community, accepted and respected. Accepted and respected. Accepted and respected. Oh, sorry. Everything he ever wanted. (laughs) Until his odd behavior started to take over. He was rotten to Julie. So she took the children and stayed with his mother on many occasions, leaving him at home with lots of time on his hands. Never a good thing for a guy like this. Time to make fake pool parties with Manny Quinn's obsessing over his indoor pool and neglecting the rest of the home and the grounds. He told Julie. I want an indoor pool. (laughs) I really do. Guys, he unmuted himself from eating his take five to be able to say that. That's how bad he wants an indoor pool. (laughs) Do you know what I'm buying? What? A school bus. A mini one. A mini school bus? Yep. For what? Um, My mobile production trailer. Is it going to be yellow? I'm going to probably paint it white. And then put your stuff on the outside? No. Wait, our prison bus is white? Mark, I don't know if you should do white. (laughs) Well, the reason for white is because a lot of the broadcasts I do will be in the summer and the outside and white reflects heat. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. Good idea. So instead of having to go and set everything up and stuff, I'm going to have a full-on production bus where I can just pull in and basically set up. That's amazing. Plug it in and go. I love that view. I do too. You know what's going to love it even more? My neighbors when there's a big white school bus parked in my yard. <laughs> can I Can I sit in the passenger seat and we can, oh, we can interchange it with Case Watch on the side of it. Dun, dun, dun. And we can drive Case around. Case Watch mobile tour. <laughs> Guys, Case Watch mobile tour. If, the, if there was honestly enough interest in it, I would be 100%. Me too open to like doing a live podcast can somewhere you, in public. Can you or that or like we pull up in our bus. Hey guys, hey, look, I'm hanging out the side of the bus window. Charity, keep your hands inside the bus. Right. <laughs> I, I would like 100% be open to like doing a live show at some point. Even better if I could sit in the back in one of the seats and you were the driver and then the big trucks come by and I do the thing so they go uh uh. Yes, Sorry. I like it when people do that. Let me just let everybody know because like I've been driving a truck for years. We can see everything that you're doing inside. Oh, your car. you've talked about this before. Yeah, just, the stuff you've seen. Just a fresh reminder. Like we see everything, and some of you are very naughty individuals. Naughty, you're naughty. Shame on you, naughty naughties. Naughty, naughty, naughty. Naughty boys and girls. Sometimes together. Hey. Hey. What Whatever. You vote? All right, let's get back to our buddy Herb. So Herb told Julie he had to stay home to take care of their booming business, and she assumed that's exactly what he was doing. Let's continue and see exactly what was going down. Oh, boy. You scare me because I don't know. I was a good boy and did not Google this case. Good. Sadly, the business was starting to fall apart. Herb was day drinking regularly and being rude to customers. He was losing business left and right, letting the two stores become filthy and unkempt, just like his home. Herb's children obviously played outside. After all, they had all that land. In 1994, his son Eric was 13 at the time, and he was doing just that, playing outside in the woods on the property. While playing, he saw something strange sticking out of the ground. Oh, boy. When he looked more carefully, he discovered it was a human skull. (gasps) Dun, dun, dun. You beat me to it. I know. I wanted to do it. See, guys, sometimes I get the last word. He quickly ran inside and showed it to his mother. Julie was horrified and immediately showed it to her husband. 
Herbert a perfectly reasonable answer for why there was a human skull buried on their property, Mark. I got to hear this. He simply said the skull had belonged to his father and went on to say he had collected them for research purposes. Because, you know, his father was a okay. was a, a doctor. I didn't know he was a high-end researcher, but yeah. Yeah. He said he found it when he was cleaning out the garage and thought it was a good idea to bury it. Hmm. Okay. Um, guys, Julie believed him. Yeah. Yeah. She's super smart. There's actually a whole lot of information out there about serial killers, significant others that really were in the dark. I bet there is. Like, like I'm just she, being funny to no, be No, no, I know. But like it's very interesting how it's like they know something's not right, but they can't. They really are in shock when they find out. Well, what's the know? one thing we always hear from the next door neighbor? Yeah. I never knew he was such a normal guy yep. or normal girl. Yep. Like, that's what we hear all the time. All Sometimes the, time. the best hiding is right there in plain sight. Yep. It's sad. Very sad. Sketchy. I think it's a good time to throw this little tidbit in now. In the early 1990s, the Sheriff's Department and the Indianapolis Police Department were investigating the disappearance of gay men in the area all around. And then they were the same height, weight, and age. Oh so boy. this was all going on in the 1990s. In 1992, they even received a call from a man named Tony Harris saying that a guy named Brian Smart, he believed a guy named Brian Smart killed his friend and attempted to kill him with a pool hose during erotic asphyxiation. Isn't that autoerotica? So you know I needed to look this up, right? All right. What did did your best friend say? Because we all need to know exactly what it entails. So, yes, my best friend said um, it's called erotic asphyxiation, sometimes called asphyxiophilia, hypoxphilia, or breathing control play is an intentional restriction of oxygen used. Wait a minute. Is an intentional restriction of oxygen to the oxygen to the brain for the purpose of sexual arousal. So it's supposed to help your help you become more aroused, I have that I guess. every single time I walk up steps. <laughs> Lack of oxygen to the brain. Give me a minute. Don't say anything. (laughs) So you have the term autoerotic asphyxiation because that's used when the act is done by a person to themselves. Yep. Yep. I do it to myself every time I walk. (laughs) A person engaging in this activity is sometimes called a gasper. This act can sometimes lead to death. Sadly, the authorities didn't do any further investigation into Tony's call. That's odd. No, think of the time. Even yeah. even still in the 1990s, it was a different world, man. Still back then, it, he's a gay man. They probably like, oh, he, you know, he's just had a weird thing with his lover. Like it, this, yeah. there was a, there still was a stigma. Herb, it's conti- sad. Yep, Herb continued not to do anything to help the business get back to the way it once was. Instead, he would drink all day and go out to gay bars at night. Come home to his beloved pool house and cry, feeling sorry for himself. Hmm. Julia had no idea, or sorry, Julie, had no idea he was going out to these types of bars. It sounds like she was just happy to not have him around. Right. I know that sounds sad. He was that weird and acting all, I don't know, like a jerk to her. She was stressed to the max in her own right, worrying about not being able to pay for the bills, the failing business, and the children. So she had her own worries on her mind. You know, she's a mother of three. He's not doing anything to help at this point. And she's just, everything's kind of crushing in on her. A retired Marion County sheriff named Virgil Vandegrift 
owned a PI company that specialized in helping to find missing people. It was called Vandegrift and Associates. Virgil was very respected and trusted in the community and was the go-to guy when a loved one went missing. He opened his PI firm in 1977, so he was very well-trained. In 1994, Virgil got a call from the mother of a 28-year-old missing man named Alan Browsed. The last time Alan's mom saw him, he was on his way to a to a gay bar to meet, excuse me, was a, on his way to a gay bar named Brothers. This was a very popular gay bar. Alan was on the way to meet his partner. Only a week after he received another call from another frightened mother about her son, 32-year-old Roger Goodlett. He too was on his way to a gay bar. It had been confirmed that he never showed up. Virgil noted that both men were gay. Both were headed to a gay bar. They were around the same age and had a very similar build. Virgil went to the bars and interviewed employees and patrons. He was able to find out that Roger was seen getting into a blue car with Ohio plates. He was already starting to get somewhere. So how, how sad, right? So they knew not to call the police because the police weren't going to do Jack. So instead they call and pay this private investigator. It's to pretty sad him. that you have to. Yeah. The next call he received was from a publisher of a gay magazine. Due to the research, the magazine had become aware of more than one missing gay man, all similar ages and builds over the last few years into the present. With this info, on top of two current cases he was working on, Virgil felt that he had enough information to believe there was a serial killer out there with a very specific type. He, of course, went right to the police with this new finding, and they didn't seem overly alarmed. I guess missing gay men weren't at the top of their list. And like I said earlier, here we go. This is so sad. It shouldn't matter what a person's sexual orientation is. Missing is missing, right? It doesn't matter. It's been said that the thought for the police was maybe all these gay men took off without telling anyone so they could go somewhere and live their authentic life. This was like that big thing back in the day. It's sad. Like I said, I'm so happy how far we've come. Where it's like, oh, you can't be raped. That's your significant other. Exactly. You 100% can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And remember, that was that was well established and not messed with for many years. Like, oh, um, you guys are married. It's to be expected. Yeah. I, I love where we're going, and I just hope we get there quicker. I hope so. I don't know. I mean, I could see like maybe one or two. Just so everybody knows, Charity's getting her steps in. Yeah. One or two gay men might might have done that, but like lots of people step out of their families. Yeah. Right? Whether no matter what your orientation is, there's people that just take off. But uh, uh, this group being so large in such a small area, I mean, come on. I did it, Mark. She was shaking her hand for new listeners because she likes to trick Apple into thinking she's exercising. No, I'm not missing my stand. Yeah. It's not exercise. Anyone who has an Apple Watch understands. Anyways, whatever. Whatever. I have one. It sits over here. It judges me. It tells me I'm not busy as I was yesterday. So I, I stopped wearing that <laughs> thing for a you. long ago. Drives me nuts. <laughs> Virgil continued to inve- continued investigating into all of these missing gay men. Thank goodness someone was someone seemed right? to care. <laughs> he learned of an investigation in Ohio that started in 1989. Gay men's bodies were dumped along Interstate 70. Four of the men were from Indianapolis. The media refer to the open investigation as the I-70 murders. Remember Tony, the gay man that tried to inform the police of his friend being killed yep. and that he was almost killed? Virgil contacted him to see if he could gain any more information that would lead him to the person responsible for all of these disappearing men. 
Tony explained that he was at a local gay bar one night and he saw a man suspiciously looking at the poster of his missing friend, Roger. He went over to talk to the man to see if he knew anything about where his friend might be. The man didn't want to talk about the poster, but he introduced himself as Brian Smart. Brian said he did landscaping for a living and went on to say that he was in the area on a job, staying at the house he was landscaping for. Hmm. He explained that he was hired to do the work before the owners moved in, alerting Tony that he was staying in a big, beautiful house alone. Was he landscaping or manscaping? Oh, I like what you went there. Yes, I'm proud of myself on that one. That was good, Mark. Good. Oh, got myself a round of applause. It's my first one from you. Yep. You deserved it then. The two men continued to talk and hang out at the bar enjoying some drinks. Brian told Tony about the amazing indoor pool that was in the home and then asked him if he would like to go for a swim. Oh, boy. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Tony made the bad decision of agreeing to go with Brian. He jumped in Brian's Buick, noticing it had Ohio license plate. Tony was able to give Virgil some information about the home and the surroundings. This information was important to his investigation. Tony said once they got inside the pool house, Brian left for a few minutes, and when he returned, it seemed he seemed very talkative and outgoing, which led Tony to believe that Brian must have sniffed some coke. I guess he didn't find all the mannequins <laughs> <laughs> dressed up, fake partying to be a strange sight. Just probably thought he was... I don't know what. That's odd. Wanted friends. Tony was offered alcohol and he said no. This proved to be a very smart decision. Brian asked him if he would perform autoerotic asphyxiation on him while he masturbated and then he would do it to him. Tony used a hose and choked his new friend while he pleasured himself and everything went just fine. Went just the way it should. Mm. He did just, Tony did just enough. So that he, you know, really got hit his pleasure and then it was time for oh, Brian to do it to Tony. So um, as soon as Brian started to choke him, he knew his intent was to kill him. So he pretended to pass out. Another good quick thinking move in my mind. Brian let go, probably thinking he had succeeded in killing Tony. Tony was much bigger than Brian, thank God. And when he opened his eyes, he got right up. The fact that he didn't drink anything was probably why he was able to stay alive as well. So the thought is that he, he could have probably put some sort of drug in and drink oh, yeah. that he offered. I guarantee this he brought 1 back. million percent so, what he did. So Tony knew enough to not take a drink from him. Brian drove. So this is where it gets. Okay. So Brian drove Tony back to the bar and told him he would love to see him again. Uh, yeah. No, thanks. I'd be yeah, like, no. um, good. Thanks. When Virgil heard the ending part of Tony's story, he came up with a plan to have Tony and Brian meet and then have them followed. Oh. Tony agreed and set up the meeting, but Brian never showed. He must have known, like, okay, he's on to me. Something's up. Yeah. Virgil knew he needed the police department to help. He needed more manpower. So this poor guy is like, we have a, guys, we have a serial killer. Going yeah, on, they don't and I am one person. I'm a one person. I need the help. I need help and support from the police department. Do you know what else we need? Oh. Help and support from our next sponsor. Love it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back. Wow, Mark. I'm getting pretty good at that. I was off by six minutes. Sorry, guys. Oh, it's all right. He He's writing down on a piece of paper when he puts it. He's so good. He's such a good producer, Mark. Sometimes. Imagine if, like, I had to do this by myself. <laughs> oh, my God. We should have me try to do an episode by myself. We should. It'd be fun. No, I think it would be really bad. Okay, anyways. So Virgil tried once again, but this time he went right to a detective that worked in missing persons, a person he knew personally and respected and trusted. This detective was Mary Wilson. Mary agreed to help with the investigation. Firstly, she took Tony to the wealthy part of the area to see if any of the homes looked familiar. Unfortunately, nothing seemed to jump out at him. A year, a whole year went by. Oh, my gosh. And Tony, so think of how many other men. Oh, my right. God. And Tony was out at one of his favorite bars when he ran into Brian once again. Tony was able to get Brian's license plate number and gave it to Mary immediately. Oh. Yeah. How sad is this story? So many, so many men's lives could have been saved if the police had jumped in at the beginning. Yeah, they just did their job. Instead of the private of one private investigator and a citizen working together to try to find a serial killer. Like, sad. So sad. Mary ran the plates, and um, hey Mark, guess who the na- whose name came up? Um, Joe Blow from Indigo. No, it was good old Herbert Baumeister. No way, it was. It's our boy. Herb. It wasn't Brian Smart. Wow. Yeah, it come to find out, Brian Smart was Herb. No way. I swear. This yeah. is nuts. Yeah. So her next step was to go to Herb's store. She told him that she was that he was a suspect in the investigation and asked if she could search his house. He said no, of course. So Mary thought she would talk to his wife, Julie, telling her exactly what was going on. Poor Julie was in shock when she heard the accusations. I mean, she knew her husband was strange and treated her like crap, but to think she could be married to a serial killer was crazy. That's going to be nuts. Right? When Mary asked her if she could search the house, she said no. Maybe she was afraid of what they would find. I wonder if that very moment she thought back to the skull their son found in the woods. Oh, good behind point. Their home. Very possible. Yeah. Uh, since both owners of the home said no to the search warrant, Mary tried to get one on her own through Hamilton County. They denied it, saying there wasn't enough evidence. How frustrating must that have been? Because guess what? If they had helped way back when, they probably would have enough. Yeah. Over the next few months, Herb seemed like he was going through a nervous breakdown. Maybe he knew it was only a matter of time before oh, he was caught. Everyone should feel bad for Herb. Yeah, poor Herb. Yeah, poor Herb. The business was failing more and more, and the family faced having to claim bankruptcy. Julian or Herb had no relationship left at all, and she was at her wit's end. With disdain for her husband, for the position he had put their family in emotionally and monetarily, she made the decision to finally divorce Herb. Her next step was to call Mary, tell her about the skull, and let her search the home. After all, she had no loyalty towards her husband anymore. Yep. Um, 
An angry wife is not a happy life. <laughs> no, I learned that years ago. <laughs> June 24th, 1996, Mary and three police officers went into the wooded area where Julie said her son had found the skull. They were able to find pieces of bones. They gathered the pieces and sent them to forensics to see if they were human. Their suspicions were right, and it was confirmed that the bones were from a human, were from a human or humans. Mary scheduled the police and the fire to begin digging up all areas around the house on June 25th. The discoveries were chilling, guys. There were bones everywhere, thousands and thousands of pieces of bones and fragments of teeth. Going by the number of bones found, investigators guessed that Herb was responsible for killing about 11 men. Eventually, over time, eight out of the 11 men would be identified. Here are their names. 20-year-old John Lee Bayer, 20-year-old Richard Douglas Hamilton, 26-year-old Stephen Hale, 28-year-old Alan Wayne Brosard, 31-year-old Jeffrey Jones, 31-year-old Manuel Resendez, 33-year-old Roger Allen Goodlett, and 46-year-old Michael Frederick. That's a wide gap of ages right there. It is, but it's not. It's about it's like 10 years, right? We had 20 to 20, 46. No, thir- 26. It was... 20, 20, 26, 28, 31, 31, and 33. Oh, I thought you said Oh, and 46. 46 you're right. Yeah. There was 46. It's quite a... He mu- get, listen, Michael might have looked younger. True. That's right. what I'm thinking. I, I'm thinking he liked between the 20 and the 30s. That, and yeah. I, and maybe Michael threw me just, off with the 46. Me too. Maybe there's I more mean, to that one than we know. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to... Oh, so sad. The news caused a media storm, and Herb knew he had been caught. So he did what any other loser coward would do. He took off to Ontario, drove to Pinery Provincial Provincial Park on Lake Huron, and committed suicide by shooting himself in the head. What a douchebag. Yep. He was found in his car dead. Alongside of him was a suicide note. This dickweed didn't confess to killing anyone in his three-page note. At least Brian Laundrie admitted to him what he did. Yep. He said he killed himself because his wife... That, that's also a douchebag, too, so don't think oh, I'm yeah. saying it. Oh, He's yeah, the no, biggest of the douchebags. Yeah. He said he killed himself... Be, be, or he said he was going to kill himself because his wife was divorcing him and his business was going down the tubes. This is the worst outcome possible for the victims and the families. All that everyone is left with is more questions and no closure. It's the worst. Yep. With the help of Julie on a timeline of when they moved their family... And witnesses that came forward recognizing that they had seen Herb leaving a gay bar in Columbus, Ohio in 1983 with a man named Michael Ray, who was found dead by strangulation, led authorities to believe Herb was the the 170 murderer. Oh. This meant, Mark, he was responsible for 12 more deaths. So that's 23 known dead men taken from their loved ones for reasons that will never be known because this Crazy-ass lunatic had to be a little baby coward and take his own life. I hate that. Oh, it's the worst. That's a lot of men. And that's just, what, yeah. that's just what's known. Ugh. It's so sad. So I read that Julie took her family as quick as she could and moved out of the eerie house where her husband had killed all of those men. The home and property are said to be haunted by the spirits of these men. I believe it. Fox Hollow Farm is the name of the area where this house stands. In 2009, 
Rob Graves and his wife, Vicki, purchased Fox Hollow Farm. According to The Current, weird stuff began to happen pretty quick after the couple moved in. Rob said that had this to say, stuff happens I can't explain. It all started with my wife seeing a guy in the woods. She had seen the man wearing a red shirt with no legs twice before telling me about it. Rob actually reached out to a paranormal group that investigated the farm a year before they bought it. The group informed him that he now lived in the, not just a haunted house, but he now lived in the most haunted house in Indiana. It's a beautiful place. I'm looking at it. The most haunted house in Indiana. <laughs> Holy shnikes. Can you imagine hearing that about your beautiful, yeah. Oh, I know. Trust me. About your beautiful house that you just bought. The investigator then explained the same apparition apparition that Rob's wife saw in the woods. Rob went on to talk about a vacuum that they had in the basement. It is always plugged in with an extension cord, but when they go to use it, it's all of a sudden unplugged. He That's said, nuts. we have to say, stop unplugging the sweeper. I need to sweep. He said, only then the vacuum would be plugged back in. A man named Joe LeBlanc, rent, who um, I guess they, like there's an apartment in the home. Yep. He's the renter of that apartment. I don't know if he still is. He was. Uh, he experienced some paranormal behavior. His door was once kicked in. He heard knocking in the middle of the night, deadbolts unlocked, and things moved around at night. And just like Vicky, he too saw the man in the red shirt in the woods. Rob went on to say, There are places in my house my wife doesn't like to go that make her hair stand on the back of her neck. The couple were told that the hauntings are from unrested souls, souls that were never identified. These souls are said to be not evil, though. Rob said he knew the history of the farm before he purchased it, but it was something they just didn't think about. He had always been skeptic of those things. He said, we love it here. We want to change the dynamics of what was. So to me, it sounds like he's saying he wants to bring positivity back to the farm. Maybe the unrested souls could settle into live among them in a more peaceful atmosphere instead of fear. There's no way I could do it. That stuff freaks me out. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. The horrible things that took place on Fox Hollow Farm intrigued director Dan T. Hall. Dan had done more than one supernatural documentary, and this would be his sixth. It's called The Haunting of Fox Hollow. I have heard this horrific story before, but didn't know all the details. Herb could have been caught so much earlier, and it truly hurts my soul that there it's were sad because this is the souls. case yeah, everywhere. It really is. It is. So I watched the documentary. Of course you did. It wasn't great, I have to say, but there was some really interesting things. So the renter, he actually has a picture of a figure huh. wearing a hoodie. Like it's really cool. But like some of the other stuff they because they brought in a bunch basically what it what it is, the entire documentary is they brought in like psychics, they brought in paranormal investigators, all these people with their little machines and stuff and they did catch some stuff, but it's kind of hard to hear because hmm. it's all like, you know, recorded. But low budget. Everybody, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say low budget, but everybody that came in, there was no doubt. This felt it. They felt it, but they didn't feel. Um, how shall I say it? That they were evil in any way. These huh. were like just unrested souls. Maybe didn't know they were dead, and so I think you know, good on the this couple who wants to bring some positivity to these hmm. souls and hopefully let them live among them. Maybe and I'll give it a watch. Maybe. I'll give it a shot. Is it super scary? No. Because you know I don't like scary no, no, no. stuff. 
I mean, I don't think so. But but then again, what I remember telling Charity about one of the most scary opening scenes in a movie <laughs> that I've was ever so seen. Funny. <laughs> and then I made her watch it, and then she giggled. Like, oh my god, it was a schoolgirl, hysterical. That could never happen. That one hundred percent could happen. Yeah, she could cross her legs after her torso has been completely. You ever cut the head off a chicken? It, that's different. Their bodies just move like weird. She literally yeah. like crossed her legs. I don't know about that part, but Mark. No. All right. Well, <laughs> I think that's it for us today, right? Yeah. That's the end of, of uh, Herb's story. How sad. Charity, go ahead. and I'm going to say goodbye to the people and end the episode for the wonderful creeps. Okay. I have to say it first? I'm done. I'm, I'm all done. I'm saying goodbye, <gasps> oh, guys. It's all you. Awesome. Bye, guys. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.